I think, like, Stevie Henson wasn't great today, but she also wasn't helped by her defense. And I think yeah. that I, I wrote about this in my in my season preview for Duck Territory. I think that the defense is going to be this team's strength. Um, you look at the outfield, Kai Lushar, Hannah Delgado, Ariel Carlson. Those are three, three really good outfielders. I think well, Lushar and Delgado cover a lot of right. ground. Lushar and Delgado especially are like elite outfielders. Yeah, and they. Carlson isn't the rangiest, but she has a, a great arm, and, and I think they make up for her lack of range because of how athletic they are. Um, and the infield defense is great, too. Overall, Taya Bird struggled today, both at the dish and in the field. I'm not worried about her at all. She had a really good year last year. She's a, a solid piece. I just think there were a lot of similarities to opening last year, which I can get into, but I, I want both of your thoughts uh, on, on opening day. I mean, for me... As much as comparing it to last year is a good idea, I also feel like in terms of when you look at the schedule, when you look at this tournament, and you look at how much bigger of a game this is going to be for the Ducks than a lot of the other games. Obviously, you've got the ranked game against Clemson coming up on yeah. Saturday at 4, but other than that, realistically, this is the second best team they're going to play this tournament. And to say that, okay, Brianna Copeland for Indiana played as well as she did, pitched five innings, uh, four RBI, triple, and a home run. It's what I did in high school. <laughs> night in and night out. Those are those are my numbers. And realistically, to have that happen, and still have this feel like a close game, and still have as strong of a performance from the bullpen laid down the stretch, there to me is not necessarily. There's so many games on the schedule. Any one game is not going to matter a lot in the long run. A lot of times, and I feel like when you look at this game, there's a lot to get excited about. And a lot of the concerns you might have coming out of this game may be a little bit overblown just based off of a one-game sample size. And I think that's going to be, for me, how I feel like I want to look at this game in the future, is it'll probably be, well, they're just getting started. Well, this is second-hardest game of the tournament. They're coming out. They're playing a very good team. How is this going to look in one week, two weeks, three weeks? Probably a lot of people aren't going to be thinking about this game as much. Yeah, the point you made like with Stevie Hansen, she started off last year on, not on the right foot, and I, she and she got right after that. I'm not too worried about it. You look at off rip and it's five runs in two innings and that's not great, but there's errors in there and it's only two earned. Like the she's I think she'll be fine. She struck out three batters in two innings and the strikeouts were down for her last year compared to her freshman season. So I think that's I think that's good for her. And I like the fact that there's is six or er, six walks today for the lineup. I think that's really solid. They're striking out more than you'd want. Um Copeland alone had five or had eight strikeouts in her five and a third innings, but I think there's a lot of positives too. I think Taylor Spencer getting two innings of sh- of no uh, no runs is also really solid too. Just as a as a freshman getting in there and be able to get in the circle is really solid. And she was a she was a really big recruit. Like another thing I mentioned in in, in the preview is this is going to be a really really good Oregon the pitching, pitching staff. staff. Well, yeah, coming off base like last year it was is you know you know you had Scott coming in as a transfer from from UNC Greensboro and she'd been really good there, but it was it was coming from a lower level program and. And Reagan Breedlove hadn't really done anything in college. You knew it was, it was going to be all on Stevie, and and she was great. But then Scott and Breedlove stepped up and had really good seasons. And you're bringing in just uh, Spencer's an, a really good recruit, and the depth that this pitching staff is going to have is definitely going to be a strength of this team. And you still have Elise Sikolsky, who was great at UConn as a freshman, and then and redshirted for Oregon last year because of of injury. She didn't. She was the only pitcher on Oregon's roster to not appear today. But like, I <coughs> excuse me, I'm not worried about this team at all. Um, Positive, big positive for me, Alyssa Daniel. I was shocked to see her slotted in the seven spot today. I think when I texted you yesterday, when I sent you my my lineup prediction, yeah. I think she might have been four or five. Like I think she's she's pretty easily the the second biggest power threat on this team behind Ariel Carlson. Um, and she was great, two for three, a triple, a homer, um, put the ball in play all three times. Thank you, Ben. 
that's that's Levi's favorite toy right now, and he'll uh, he'll use it in in really un- uncomfortable situations. I also thought it was interesting that they did it, that they had Valerie Wong catching instead of Evan Koff. Like, yeah, I, I like I'm too. sure they're gonna split them up pretty good amount between like just in the tournament setting when you're playing two like two three games a day almost. Like you don't want to put too much work on them, but I would think you'd want at least Koff catching in that first game just to kind of get her comfortable with the staff but the only thing i can think of is they thought about it almost the other way around where they wanted stevie hansen with someone, someone she was she comfortable knows. with yeah um, mm-hmm. so but i mean it's not like wong was catching a ton of innings last year right Tara was catching almost everything so maybe there was a bit of, of of a divide there um which you know emma kauf will be behind the plate very soon um anything else we want to talk about about softball or should we just I think this. Basketball. I think I think this team's gonna be fine. Well, I think the real test is the Clemson game. Indiana is good, and I think they kind of caught this team off guard. I think there's a certain point where you're the everyone's looking at that Clemson game on Saturday and getting ready for it that you kind of forget that Indiana actually is a solid team. Liberty's a pretty solid team yeah. too. Liberty was a tournament team. Li- Liberty, I think, beat UCLA in the in the. Tournament yeah, they last did. year, they right? Yeah, they did beat UCLA in the tournament last year. Like those those teams are going to be pretty good, and it's going to be compa- like Kansas should be a pretty easy win. Army should be a pretty easy win, but and like but there's going to be competitive games all yeah. weekend. So, mm-hmm. do you have anything you wanted to add? I mean, for me, when you look at this tournament as a whole, I feel like this game being this early was probably a good early proving ground for the Ducks and a good early like moment. If you win, you gain momentum. If you lose, it's not that big of a deal because you've got a lot of games. And it's also when you have teams like Kansas and Liberty to build yourself back up if you do lose this game to make sure you are coming into Clemson with that momentum, which is going to be important. Between Liberty and Missouri State, it's not going to be easy. Liberty was a tournament team. Missouri State won their conference last year. But realistically, even still, they have opportunities. And I would argue that Indiana is the second best team that they're going to play in this tournament. So for me, is this loss particularly concerning? No. There are things to definitely improve on. There's a lot. I think there's a little bit of lineup changes that you might want to make in terms of batting order. But realistically, for me, this game should not be. There should. There are no warning bells right now by any means. No, I agree, and I, I, it's pretty much an exact reflection of the Maryland game last year, where Maryland came in, had lost some players from the year before. Um, Indiana. I got a shout out. Taryn Kern, Go Monarchs from San Jose. Um, did not go to my what high school. My she, what team she playing for now? Do you know what team she's playing for? I know what team she's playing. You for do? Now. Yeah. Really? Transferred to Stanford. Yeah, she, she had a fifteen hundred OPS. Yeah, last she was year unbelievable. Freshman. She was ridiculous was, for Indiana. It was so funny because like when she was a player in high school, my one of my best friends that that went to her high school was like, yeah, like she, I, I think she's good. Like she's getting recruited, and it was, so I, I kind of lived throughout high school being like, oh yeah, she's like probably pretty okay. And then she and then won she Big Ten yeah, Player of the Year as, as a freshman. freshman. Yeah. Um, Speaking she's of a stud. Austin's high school baseball career, do you want to tell everyone the re- records you hold? Yeah, I uh, I hold the record for most hidden ball tricks successfully <laughs> converted in a high school baseball career. How many was that? Four over four. three years. That's pretty, um, it's pretty elite. Uh, it's the same number of sinks I had in die the other day. Um, <laughs> and uh, my high school baseball team also went. Are you allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, okay. We, I, it was. It's just a regular, regular game. Regular game. Um. I uh, my high school baseball team also I think went 0 and 23 in conference play in the two years I go. was on. Uh, on but how many times did you strike out? I think three. So there you go. I was kind of that guy. Uh, if anyone's wondering, yeah. uh, let's talk about basketball. Um, the first question I had: Oregon men's basketball plays against Washington tonight at seven. Uh, if you're on, if you're watching on TV, I believe it's Fox Sports One. Uh, look out for Gavin in in the student section <laughs> because I have it on record that Gavin is going to the game, <laughs> sprinting there uh, tonight following Quacksmack. Um, 
can Oregon men's basketball still make the tournament with, with an at-large bid? I think looking at the rest of their schedule, I think they sh- they, they kind of have to go 8-1 and one to do so with their only loss to Arizona. Um, I think, yeah, and I think, I think the, they should go 8-1. Yeah, one, I think the potential the losses come to Arizona and Colorado. Those are two of the better teams. Like, I mean, obviously Arizona has been like a top team in the country, and Colorado Man. I think is 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 an underrated team. Yeah, Colorado's um, really good. What I said when I was looking at when you put that on the outline, I said you can't lose more than two regular season games, and I think they got to make it to the semis of the Pac-12 tournament. Like I, you, uh, because yeah. they they haven't had a lot of like high quality wins. They've they've been good when they play the bad teams, but haven't won a ton of games against good teams. You kind of just had to have that overall win loss record, and at this point, you can't lose many more games. I feel like at this point, I 100% agree with that. Pac-12 tournament semis is pretty much, I think, a must regardless of, unless they come in fully winning all the way out into the Pac-12 tournament, I think the Pac-12 semis are a must. I would argue that you can lose two games only if you beat a Arizona on a win streak who has not lost since Oregon State on the road, and you do it convincingly, then you get two freebies. But other than that, you've got one loss. Arguably, you've got none. You don't want to even risk it that much, and you have to beat Washington State. Do you guys yeah. know the last time we or Oregon beat Arizona at Arizona? I don't know. I feel like it's probably been been a while. They might have done it in 2022. I think my freshman year they might yeah. have. I feel like I remember that. I feel like I remember. Actually, no. That was the year that, 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 yeah, that was the year that they should have won, and then Will Richardson shot a two <laughs> um, when God. the Ducks were down three. Which I think perfectly encapsulates Will Richardson's Oregon career. It, what would have perfectly encapsulated was if he just turned the ball over. But I think he did actually. Yeah. I think that's what it was. He he, he dribbled like, inside the three point line and then lost the handle that with like about Will less than two seconds yeah. left. Uh, the last time that Oregon beat Arizona in Tucson would have been uh, February of 2021. That was capping yeah. off a three game win streak for the Ducks in Tucson, 63-61. And that was the last year they they made the tournament. That was the, yeah. the Chris yeah. Duarte year. Um, Keep that in mind for the Kahoot later. He makes an <laughs> appearance. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm i in the same boat as both of you. I think Oregon needs to go 8-1. and one. I think they need to make the finals of the tournament, of the Pac-12 tournament. I, the conference is, is relatively not that strong. It's bad. Like no, it's, it's like bad, I think bad. they could easily do it. Arizona's probably going to be the team to win it. I think Colorado's like a sneaky team that could win it. But like I don't know... I think there's one really good really team and then like six really okay teams and it's like it, for me it goes Arizona and then Utah, Oregon, Colorado, Wazoo, Stanford, UCLA and I think that whole like group of six or seven however many I just named yeah is all about the same level of just not very good but like good enough to where if you say well the Pac-12 can't be a one bid league yeah then mm-hmm. they'll then the one of those teams will yeah, make it. Yeah, I think it. they'll get like three or four of them. And, and they shouldn't, by the way. Like uh, these, these are not four of the top sixty-four teams in the country. Um, but I'm here for it. I want the Ducks to make the tournament before I leave. Uh, and I think this is their best chance to do so. Um, on the women's you want, side, you don't want to host more NIT games. No, on the women's <laughs> side, uh, <laughs> Sophia data, Bell. Data no, hey, we're attendance during finals. We're week. we're moving on. Uh, okay. so we can uh we can play Kahoot because I want to play Kahoot. Um, me too. Moving on, Sophia Bell. All but announced out for the season today. Um, Kelly Graves basically said, you know, it's not looking great for her. I think with where Oregon stands realistically and and with the games they have left, there's probably no reason to push it in her freshman season. Um, She was awesome this year. I think the numbers don't show, like, how good she was. She was the top on-ball defender for the team. Um, She ended up, 
she ended her season on, on a really high note shooting wise. Um, how does Oregon replace her injury? W- what's the like money ball factors that need to go in here to, to kind of replace that production? You can't replace what she does defensively for this team. Um, the hope is that Priscilla Williams can replace what she what she brought offensively, which is floor spacing. But unfortunately, Priscilla Williams, after shooting thirty like around thirty eight percent in the first couple of years of two years of college, is shooting fourteen percent from three this year. So not quite where that needs to be. I think Ula Chamberlain has been getting more minutes recently, and she's about around 45% from three this year has been been lights out. Um, I think she's not going to be able to do what uh, Sophia does defensively, but at least the floor spacing that uh, Bell provided I think is something that Chamberlain could bring. No, I 100% agree with you, and I think that almost the goal here, and if you do, you can see a similar story in the men's basketball team when you look at when Dante went out, the goal may not necessarily be to replace Sophia Bell, but to try and shift away to make sure that you don't have to worry about the weakness that not having Sophia Bell there brings. Yeah. And they've been doing that spit. fairly well. They've been playing defense very effectively. Spit. And they've been almost changing the way they play defense, and they've been doing it very well, but... Some of that offensive potential that you get there, and some of that obviously defense, you can try and shift. Around. And defense is also a very fluid concept in yeah. basketball. You can move things around. You can try and move. It's, you'll feel that loss, but you're not going to feel it as much. Offensively, she was one of their top scorers. She was number four in terms of scoring. And on a team that does not have a lot of scores in higher than four points or three points a game, that's where I feel like you're almost feeling that the most because you're losing the ability to move the ball around, or at least you're losing that at least what they're used to in terms of moving the ball around. And that will hurt a little bit. And they've been kind of adapting. They've been use, utilizing a little bit more down low with Sarah Rambis, which has been working pr- pretty well. They've, Ula Chamberlain's been getting more minutes, and she's been playing pretty well. But almost you're feeling that a lot, and it's hard to replace what she can do down there. And I would say they're doing the best that they can with how they're moving guards around and how they're getting new players up. And I'm very excited to see that they're bringing new players in and they're almost having what Sophia Bell did on offense be a rotating job and having a bunch of different players do what she was able to do on offense. But how much, how effective is that really ending up being when you look at the offensive, how well the offense has been performing since she's been gone? Yeah, I think there's there's kind of two answers to this question, I think, they both involve Kennedy Williams. She's been in, in uh, I think, what's the term that, that Kelly Graves has used? Like break in terms of break, break in case of emergency. Yeah, break glass in case of emergency. Right. She's, um, she's very injured, but like can play and right. has had to play at times. But And she was awesome the other day. She's not been at full health for like over a month now right. and, and has not been the same type of player that she was in the first couple of weeks of the season. But I thought she was really good the other day against Oregon State. Like yeah. I thought that was one of the better all-around games we've seen there. from anyone this year. Yeah. Um, and I think that you you start Priscilla Williams still because she has the length defensively and, and Chance and Philly and, and Grace will score enough. Shot making. And it, it's there. Like uh, you see it, you see the numbers. It's not a super – like. I know you. I remember you bringing it up. Her her shooting from her first couple. The the volume there is really small. The volume was there her freshman year. I think she was averaging like two a game, which isn't a ton, but yeah. it's like you compare that to what we're seeing from Ula Chamberlain, and, and they're they're pretty similar to what Ula's done Before in the last couple of weeks. this season, she was thirty seven percent on one hundred and fourteen threes. It's a sample size ish. Like yeah, it's yeah, but then all it's the, and I that's dropped off. This you should hit she right. five for thirty four from yeah. three and and nine for fifty three from the field. So. Yeah. Um, so I think you still start her. I think she gives you really good length on the defensive end. And then when you put Kennedy Williams in the game, have her on the floor with Chance Gray because let Chance Gray take those, those scoring opportunities that Sophia Bell was getting. 
Um, do we want to answer the last question or do we want to take a break? I like, I like that question. Okay. I thought it was mm-hmm. pretty, pretty good. Who, what has been the biggest surprise and biggest disappointment for each squad? For me, uh, biggest surprise on the men's team has been Kwame Evans and how adaptable he was defensively when Dante was out. I thought that was, I mean, he's like, you keep talking about his stocks. He's just a play gen- or a playmaking uh, guy on defense and had to play a lot of uh, center minutes that he isn't used to. So I think that's been surprising and good. Uh, and this, the disappointment is just the injuries. Like, I, there's no one player that's been, like, disappointing. It's yeah. just... The fact that you missed Dante for as long as you did. Biddle's been out. Mookie played four games before he like got shut down for the Like 12 total season. minutes. Yeah. Like, he was supposed to be a guy who was supposed to be developing and stuff, and you just can't develop when you can't play. And then losing Bartholomew for the year. It's yeah. This team has been ravaged by injuries. Is that so. confirmed? Do we know that? I think so. I, I thought it was I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think confirmed. you could tell <laughs> when, he, yeah. when he... Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, do you want to go to women's, or do we want to circle back? I can answer okay, women's if you want. Um, for me, biggest surprise has been how stout defensively this team has been, even yeah. in the face of teams that when you look at the box score and you look at what they've been putting up statistically, they usually don't have any business running with. You, teams like Oregon State, Colorado, Utah, teams that you, where you look at that and you go, okay, this team is good, but good in the Pac-12 is not anything at all right. with the amount of quality teams that are in that conference. And the way they've been able to hold teams like a Colorado to 61 points, like Utah to 58 points, even for Oregon State for that first half, they were not – Oregon State was not playing well on offense for a lot of that first half against no, Oregon. Neither team was until the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah, and that to me has shown, especially in a situation where you look at this team and how they've been playing, nothing to knock how they've been playing because the conference has just been that good – but there's a realistic possibility that they end this game on a double on, end this season on a double digit losing streak. Yeah, it's not something that anybody really wants to think about, but it is possible. But looking at this team and going, even when you take ranked games, you can see this team can still run with them because of their defense. That's been my biggest strength. Yeah, to add on to that, what I had written down was just Kennedy Basham and her defense specifically. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. she's been really solid defensively once she got put into that starting lineup, and she's she's like, I mean. Obviously, obviously, Philly is she's six eight, but she doesn't like she's not really like a vertical rim protector, mm-hmm. despite being as tall as she is. But I think Kennedy Basham's done a really good job rim protecting. For me, the biggest surprise for men's basketball has been the bench. I think the bench has been like shockingly good, especially after um, you know the last couple years seeing guys like Rivaldo Soros shoot like eleven percent from three, and and Dana still throwing him on the court because it's still the best option he's got. And like when Gabe Reichel started a game last year for Oregon. Um, I, I love Gabe Reichel. I, I I'm a I'm a walk on supporter, but you know it's not. You don't want your walk. You don't want your walk on starting. Yeah. Um, Stanford had a walk on starting against Arizona that had eight assists. So, um, <laughs> just putting that out there. Uh, How many wins does Stanford have? What? How many wins does Stanford have? Thirteen. Mm. Stanford's been like fine this year. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, and then for the for the women's team, I think my biggest surprise, um, again has has been the defense. I'm going to reiterate what you said, um. Biggest disappointment for me for the men's team, uh, the injuries is, mm-hmm. is kind of a perfect encapsulation. And the biggest disappointment for me for Oregon women's is, is the shooting. Because uh, I knew they weren't going to be like lethal like they were last year where they were the top three-point shooting team in the pack. But you were hoping for some more development there from Grace Van Sloot. Right, because that was the big thing that we had heard over the offseason was like she's going to be a more WNBA-ready player and she's going to develop an outside game. Yeah, and that's game. Sophia Bell. I mean, like she was good, but she. I mean, she was thirty-one percent right. even when she was playing. She was taking a lot of them, but they not all yeah. of them were going in. So, well, 
that's going to do it for segment number one on Quacksmack. Thanks, Ben. Hey, uh, we're going to step aside for about a minute and a half. When we come back, we're going to play some Kahoot. We're going to see how that goes. On the other side of this break, you're listening to Quacksmack on 88.1. KWVA. Farming is dangerous. There's dangers all around us. We go through safety training and try and do these things to make sure accidents don't happen. You don't want to hit a gas pipe because that's your life. The other part of it is if you hit certain things, you're liable for it. Farm Safe 811 starts with you. Always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked. Always keep safety in the back of your mind. Just stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org. Students, when I call the reason for your absences throughout the years, please exit the auditorium without your high school diploma. <clears throat> Too tired? Family trip? Sick day? Starting the holidays early. Starting in the sixth grade, students who miss 18 days or more of school in a year for any reason will fall behind and risk not graduating high school. How many days of school has your child missed this year? Absences add up. Keep track at boostattendance.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ed Council. Dolly Parton's Imagination Library is dedicated to inspiring a love of reading. The organization achieves this by gifting books free of charge to children from birth to age five. The program spans five countries and gifts over one million free books each month to children around the world. If you want your child to receive free books, visit imaginationlibrary.com to check out availability in your area. Imagination Library. Ah. This is Travis Tyke, former assistant sports director at KWVA. Cheers. You're listening to Quack Smack. Back on Quacksmack, it's it's Kahoot time. I've been waiting for this for the last couple hours. I'm really excited. I was going to say I've been waiting all day, but I, uh, full disclosure, didn't know what game we were playing until like an hour ago. Um, let's get started. Uh, we have um, Jay Shmoney, which I believe is John. That is that is me. We have Gavin C., which I believe is Gavin. Oh, wait, no one look at the questions because I'm not supposed to be ready yet. Actually, this one's easy, so we can we can chill on it, but no one, no one click the answer. Uh, and we have... I think bot is the last three. Um, the first question is going to be really easy. It's who is Oregon's football starting quarterback this season? Uh, I can't just see the answers. Oh. Ah, well, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do this now. Just give us, like, who was on red, who is on... All of the answers yeah. are Bo Nix, so click any of them. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm going to read the read the questions, uh, and now I know that I have to read all of the answers. Because so the whole point is that we're supposed to be like... Yeah, that's, that's my bad. Um, all right. Everyone is tied for first place, except Gavin is ahead of everyone else. Question number two. Against Oregon State this year, this Oregon receiver had 11 catches for 137 yards. Uh, red is Troy Franklin. Blue is Bucky Irving. Yellow is Tez Johnson. Green is Terrence Ferguson. That was quick. The answer oh, was no. Tez Johnson. John, <laughs> I wasn't even. I wasn't even here for that. I was at home. I, I was, was. So was I. I was on a different time zone, and I got yeah, that one. Right. Question on, number three: This former Duck though. was the highest-drafted Oregon baseball player in 2023. Red is Josh Malaris. Blue is Riku Nishida. Yellow is Colby Shade. Green is Sabine Ceballos. 
<laughs> getting that Quizlet yeah. music in. The answer is Sabine Ceballos, who was drafted in the third round by the Atlanta Braves. Oh, yeah. Currently, we have Gavin. No, not Gavin in first place. Bot has moved into first place. Is there a reason for the name Bot? B for Ben, O for Olivia, T for Tayden. Oh, of course. There you go. Yeah, that's good. Uh, with 1,700 points, Gavin is in second with 1,100, and Jay Shmani is in last. Uh, question number four. Oregon softball only has one player left from Melissa Lombardi's first recruiting class. Who is it? In the red, Ariel Carlson. In the blue, Paige Sinicki. In the yellow, Tara McGowan. In the green, Stevie Hansen. Answer is Ariel Carlson. Does, like, Tara McGowan count, though, because, like, she's, like, on staff? No. I mean, I got the question right anyways, but. No, Tara McGowan does not count. That was a trick trick question. Well, trick yeah, answer. no, I still got it right because yeah, I you didn't did. get tricked. Uh, who got it wrong? Because I'm smarter than that. Gavin. I'm embarrassed. He's myself. a freshman. You can yeah, yeah, let him off okay. the hook. It's enough. the first game today. Bot is still in first place. Uh, question number five. Oregon lacrosse upset this team in the 2022 Pac-12 tournament. Red is Stanford. Blue is Stop Googling. UC He's Davis. Googling. He's Googling. Yellow is here. Colorado. Gavin just blatantly Green cheated. is Arizona State. I think Gavin needed needed the point. Uh, the answer is, is did he really? No, I didn't Google it. That's oh. the thing. He's just making stuff up. I don't I know what saw, he's doing. I saw him on Google. I could see his... I s- yeah, yeah. He was Googling and he switched tabs back and he still if got I it was go- If hey, I was hey, going hey, to make hey, a point of Googling, hey, hey, I would hey, make hey. sure I got it right. Hey, hey. Hostile well, environment here. Stopped. <laughs> uh, the answer was Colorado, um, who had, they had just lost to, I believe, by like 13 the week before. Bot. Correct. Five answer streak. Question number six. Jermaine Kuzner transferred from this school to Hina Pau Pau transferred to this school. In the red, we have Georgia. In the blue, we have South Carolina. In the yellow... I wanted to be able to say that the last one was North Carolina A&T, but no one wanted me to say it. I guess not. Question number seven. This Oregon volleyball setter also had over 100 kills this year. In the red, Elise Ferreira. In the blue, Elise Sikolsky. In the green, Bo Nix. In the yellow, Hannah Pukis. The answer was Hannah Pukis. Really? What? You you didn't answer correctly? I learned what how volleyball worked in November. Really? Yes. Oh. At, at Knight's Volleyball Seminar. Oh. That's when I learned how What was the also worked. for? What? You said also had a hundred... Oh, 100 kills. Sorry. Oh. Uh, the question, sorry, is Infoli Dante and Mo Diawara are both from red is Kansas City, uh, blue is Bamako Mali, yellow is Eugene, Oregon, green is Paris, France. Everyone got it right. Yay. Bot still in first, eight for eight. Question number nine. They're like, they got the knowledge of three people. Yeah, that's true. That's not fair. Between men's basketball and women's basketball, how many players were born in the state of Oregon? Red is one. Blue is ten. Yellow is seven. Green is four. This one's tricky. I'm like thinking, and I, is it? The answer is seven. Between, so it's, let's see if I can get it off the top of my head. It's Mookie Cook, Jackson Shellstad, Nate Biddle for men's. I forgot Biddle's from Oregon. I always think of him as California. And a prolific. Gabe Reichel for men's. And then for women's, Sophia it's is. Sophia Bell, Ula Chamberlain. Yeah. And there's one more. But I can't remember who it is. But I is Hamill from it. Oregon? Or yes, Bella Hamill. Mm. Thank you. Look at you, Ben. Uh, no one got that one correct. 
Still in first place, Bot. In second place, Jay Shmoney. In third place, Gavin C. Question number 10. Who is the most recent duck to be drafted into the NBA? We went over this question earlier. In red, it's Peyton Pritchard. Blue is Chris Duarte. Yellow is Ron... Everyone yeah, got it right. It's almost like he gave us the answer earlier. And almost. reminded us that he gave <laughs> us the answer earlier. Almost like that. Question number 11. Who was the most recent duck to be drafted into the WNBA? In red is Niara Sabali. Blue is Sedona Prince. Yellow is Sabrina Ionescu. Green is Kelly Graves. The answer was Niara Sabali, who was drafted fifth overall in 2022. She was awesome. A player Oregon could use this year. That she was so good. good. Question number 12. Who is the tallest base player in Oregon baseball history? In red is me. In blue is <laughs> me again. In three is Rico Nishida. And then in parentheses, five foot six. In green is Dylan McShane. You mean D-Money McShovey? D-Money McShovey, uh, good friend of mine. I had to shout him out in some aspect today. Uh, because he was on the NCAA baseball account this morning. He's six foot he nine, was. right? He is six foot nine. He's and very tall. And... Just the the most like gentle giant of all time. Uh, I love Dylan McShane. Shout out. Uh, question number thirteen: Who is Oregon football's all all time leader in points? Red is Marcus Mariota. Blue is Camden Lewis. Yellow is Atticus Sappington. Green is Dan Fouts. The answer is Camden Lewis. Uh, Atticus Sappington. Dan Fouts went to Oregon. He did. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I think it was there were like Very three cool. like like legendary quarterbacks from that era. It was him. I think Norm Van Brocklin did too. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was one more. I wouldn't but say I can't Dan remember. Fouts and Norm Van Brocklin are the same era. No, but sorry. Like, in the, like pre. Yeah. 1900s. Pre, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Uh, Dan question. Fouts, very, very underrated all time. Very. Un- both, both him and Norm, I think. Yeah. Like, is it Achilles Smith or is it, is it before that? No, it was, uh, I was thinking of someone else in the, the 1900s, but I, they, I'm probably making that up. Uh, question number 14. Which KWVA director broadcast Oregon baseball alongside Joey Mack for the last two years? Red, Adam Sussman. Blue, Ryan Milano. Yellow, Jordan Brenner. Green, Chris Clayton. Answer is Jordan Brenner. Ryan Milano broadcasting now. Chris Clayton. Uh, I don't think he's called baseball at all, but he is the GOAT. He's my GOAT. That's all that matters. Bought another victory. Uh, did you guess Chris, John? Yeah. I figured. I um, shout out Ryan, though. Texted him today. Saw him yesterday. Last question. Multi-select. Does anyone have, like, a chance besides... Yeah. Besides Who is running steps right now? Uh-oh. In red, Knight Uretsky. In blue, Shen Bowenfield. In yellow, Ben Schoenfield. <laughs> In green, Levi Bergfield. Answer was either... Ben Schoenfield or Shen Bowenfield. Kahoot, everybody. Let's look at the podium. I hope all three of you made it. <laughs> In third place with 7,300 points, Gavin Carpenter. Clap, 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 clap. In second place with 803,075 points, Jay Shmoney. And in first place with a whopping 10,837 points, B-O-T-Bot. That was great. That was that was really fun. It uh, didn't work as well as you thought it would. But no, it did not work as well. I thought the Jeopardy was was more fun. I think I would I would do Jeopardy again. If you did time. Jeopardy with questions like these questions, yeah. it would have been pretty good. The Jeopardy you did was too hard, and me and Saul both had like very many negative points, and then with time, 
didn't quite. Yeah, and I, I ran it through Gavin today, who is like a like a duck expert, and I think he was about like split the middle between you and Seoul. Yeah. Um. So. What do you mean split the middle? Seoul's like, not that much better than me. According to the scoreboard, he was. Yeah, it was a little bit, but I think it was like negative twenty five hundred and negative two hundred. We were still both negative. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, that's that's what it matters. Shall we make predictions for this weekend? For yeah, sure. What are we predicting? Men's basketball tonight. I think they win. I don't think UW is very good. I was surprised that they UW played them as good as they did up in Seattle when I was at that game. Yeah. I saw UW almost lose to Seattle U. Um, I think so that close. was I think that was kind of just like a UW like riding the high of of making the natty or whatever uh, making the playoff. I yeah, think I, it was. They were literally celebrating the 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 like team heading to Houston that night. It was yeah. it was tough being there. They had yeah, but uh, I, UW's not very good at no. basketball this year. Keon Brooks is though. Keon Brooks, yeah, and, certified uh, and severe Wheeler Wheeler, good basketball players. Yeah. Um, they got that w- the one guy from Garfield. I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. But Shout out. He went to high school with a bunch of my friends. Shout out. Gavin, predictions for tonight? Uh, for tonight specifically, I think it's uh, Oregon W. I think this is probably about a 12-point eh, game. I think that the as we've seen a lot from the Oregon Ducks, I think that Washington hangs around a little bit more than they – and a little bit longer than they probably yeah. should. Getting just into that range of – Oh, it feels like they're in range to start mounting a comeback, and they're oh they're two possessions away, or oh they're three possessions away, and one three point hits, and it's oh they're right back in this game, and they stay there for a while, but they're never really able to get all the way to actually being able to get this game close. So I think it ends up being a ten to twelve point game for the Ducks. Yeah, Corin Johnson is who I was thinking of. Shout out, yeah. shout out Garfield. You know who went to Garfield? I think Dejon Davis, my favorite college he basketball did. player and of Brandon all time. Ro- Brandon Roy. Yeah, but Brandon Roy was not my favorite not, college yeah. basketball player of all time. And Dejon Davis. When Dejon Davis and Jalen Noel played Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, that insane was for a high school hype basketball hype for game. Seattle. Yeah, I remember Macklemore was there. Game was on ESPN. Were you there? I was not. I couldn't get. Tickets. I think I knew that. Well, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Good show. It was only about forty minutes, but short and sweet. We we love it that, that way. Uh, that's gonna do it for just us tonight. Just like Austin. Yeah, five seven, but. Sweet, and that's all that matters. There you it, go. It was a great show. <laughs> uh, John Evans, Gavin Carpenter, bot over in studio, chilling, doing their thing. Uh, we'll great be back tomorrow night. From bot. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow night. It'll be Ben. It'll be some Whoever other people. Gavin will be here. I'll probably be here. We'll see. Be back. We got a lot of night. softball tomorrow too. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Eighty Eight One. KWVA. KWVA. KWVA.